Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show. How are you guys doing today? Doing okay. A little bit You're on the plate. Do, but... See, we're supposed to do relational stuff first. That's, oh, that's the rules, right? Yep, like yep, yep, you yep, got to do yep. relational stuff first before you talk truth. So, Jonathan, how are you doing? Oh, today? Well, every blessing, you know, <laughs> new every morning, right? That's right. Great is His faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Um, I do want to do a show uh, soon on how to live a thankful life and and how how that's actually doing spiritual warfare when you're engaging in gratefulness all the time. So maybe put that in your back pocket. I think that's underrated. Joe Thorne has a book called Note to Self and in, in that book he there's a, a wonderful little chapter. They're all like two pages long, but on on being thankful. Yeah. And Jeremiah Burroughs old Puritan has one on contentment too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think there's some stuff in the New Testament about it. Maybe <laughs> we couple. can probably draw from there the gospel for life. <laughs> um, where are we at today? What are we doing today? Well, I think we're continuing with the Pentecost, and we've actually talked about the Holy Spirit's work at Pentecost, but we haven't talked about the response of the people, uh, how they responded as uh, Peter has preached this message about who Jesus Christ was and that he'd been crucified and been raised and now is exalted as Lord. What was the response? What did the work of the Holy Spirit uh, generate in the heart of the people? Yeah, it says they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. And, uh, you know, they said, what shall we do? And this is, I mean, I would say this is Ezekiel 36 and 37, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, In in the Reformed uh, tradition, we, we hold that the new birth comes before faith and repentance this being cut to the heart this is this is the circumcision of the heart that's happening they're coming spiritually alive for the first time in their lives and then they say what shall we do and i think that we need to recognize that repentance is not something that we generate ourselves um you know first and foremost re- repentance is a gift and a gift it's an act of the, that the holy spirit has worked in them it results in an act that flows out of us you know although it's you know, although it's personal to us and it is our act, it didn't originate with in us. And you know, we're we're naturally stubborn and rebellious, and uh, repentance is gener- genuinely foreign to us apart from that work of the Holy Spirit. Can, can I quote? A, can place. I quote a verse? Because it's easy sure. to say, "Oh yeah, g- mm-hmm. repentance is a sure. gift." But in Second Timothy two, Paul gives. You know, pastors and really any servant of the Lord, instruction, don't be quarrelsome, be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. And then he says, correcting your opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. He puts all of uh, the the power of change in, into God's hands and saying, God must grant right. the repentance. Yes, you should act like this. You know, teach kindly. 
mm. you know, correct with, with, with gentleness, but you have to realize that God is the one that grants repentance. Yes, and, and it truly is a gift. I mean, sometimes people don't have that. You say, well, you need to pray for that gift. You need yeah. to ask for that gift that God would give you a broken heart. Yes. Um, because if you don't have one, it's a serious matter. So yeah. ask him for a, a, a broken heart. Um, the Puritan Thomas Watson said, repentance is a grace of God's spirit whereby a sinner is inwardly humbled and visibly reformed. Mm-hmm. So it, repentance is, you know, I'm going in this direction. I do a 180 and I turn and I'm going the other way. I'm, right. I'm following after him. Right. Yeah. A- amen. And I think we just have to be reminded, too, in the church today that conviction of sin is not a negative. There's a growing sense um, and I don't think it really depends upon your religious persuasion as far as where you are denominationally. There's this greater sense that church is just about making sure people feel good, that they, they're encouraged. And sometimes what we need is the gracious gift of conviction. Mm-hmm. What we need is repentance. We need repentance in coming to faith in Jesus Christ, but we also need the ongoing gift of repentance um, in our lives as believers. And that's an ongoing work of the Spirit. And it shouldn't be viewed as a negative. People, um, people disassociate the word gospel from repentance, but really, um, repentance is part of the gospel. It is. And, you know, we've quoted Martin Luther before, you know, his 95 theses that he put up, you know, um, he, he reminds us that repentance is all of life. In fact, the, one of the first words of the gospel recorded from the lips of our Lord Jesus Christ is repent. You know, this is not secondary to the, the message of good news. Yeah. You know, we're to repent of our sins. We proclaim the gospel of God saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent yeah. and believe in the gospel. Yeah. Is what he we're told. Yeah. And, and so the fact of the matter is, all of us have areas of our life where we're out of step mm-hmm. um, with what God has said in his word. Yeah. And one of the roles of, of the gospel is to align us to Christ. And so it, it's just interesting uh, the pushback that sometimes you get as a minister, like, well, you made me feel guilty today and I don't like that. Well, one you of the stepped com- on my toes. I'm sorry. I was aiming for your heart. <laughs> <laughs> but we're supposed to correct and reproof. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the roles that we have as a minister, not to make you feel guilty. Yeah. I mean, it's to drive you to Christ, to say, I need to repent and by faith cling to the promises of God that I have in Jesus Christ alone and find forgiveness and restoration and greater conformity. Yeah. That's all the work. I mean, we're talking about Pentecost. That's all the work of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so we, we should be asking that as we go to church for the different categories. Mm-hmm. Help me to be, be thankful. Help me to bring praise. Help me to hear your word and respond accordingly. May your word have its desired effect within my heart and life. If that's where I need encouragement, then encourage. If it's where I need conviction, bring conviction. Um, If it's where I need hope, bring hope. I mean, whatever it is, but don't limit the work of the Spirit based upon your own felt needs. Like my expectation is that every time I go to church, that the only thing I ever need is encouragement. Yeah. Well, I think I've fallen into this trap as a, as a preacher. 
certainly I've had seasons where I'm like, I don't feel like, you know, my message is ending on an encouraging note here. And I've come to this realization, well, wait a second, not every passage in the Bible ends on an encouraging mm-hmm. note. I mean, in its its larger context, of course, the, the Bible is, is extremely optimistic. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. sometimes you're, you're up against hearts that, that don't need to be encouraged. They need to be cut down because they've raised themselves up against the Lord. But this is one of the the reasons why I think all of us do this. We preach through books of the Bible in the course of our ministries. We don't always do that, mm-hmm. but I think most of us have a practice, a we're general practice. We're not necessarily practice. topical preachers. That's we're, correct. We're, we're expositional, and, and that gives us the whole counsel of God to come to. And as you work through different books, and, different and, passages have different... And you it, can, it forces you, can, you to deal with passages that you wouldn't deal with if it was left up to your own desire. That's, That's right. right. And it also keeps you from preaching your hobby horses. Yeah. But it does, it does resolve itself. We can always uh, we come back to the gospel. Mm-hmm. We come back to the reminder of, of what is promised and whose we are. And so in, in one sense, even those messages that tweak us, you know, actually what repentance is as something that's born of faith. If we're bringing people to repentance, that means that faith is involved, that trust in Christ is involved, that all of our hopes are grounded in him. Mm-hmm. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us mm-hmm. our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. You know, there's an invitation in that that brings peace, that, um, that simply ignoring it or just wanting to give you, know, uh, uh, you know, some good news or uh, our friend Pastor Phil would say helpful hints for a happy life. Yeah. You know, those are not... That's not necessarily the gospel. Well, think about it. I mean, just analogy. Like, think about if you had a doctor, and every time you went and saw him, <laughs> says you're doing good. Yeah, <laughs> and you you know that you have this growing lump in in your in your head, and and it, you're having headaches all the time, and your your nose is starting to bleed, and you know something's desperately wrong with you, but your doctor just says, "Hey, hey, you're you're good to go. Clean bill of health." Well, you know that's not a good doctor. Mm-hmm. But why would we think that that's how our spiritual doctors, our pastors, should should deal with this? And that's certainly not how Peter is dealing with the, these Jews here. And 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 the and the wonderful thing is that they have heard the message, and the and the and the gift is being given to them because they're lamenting their circumstances and they're crying out. You know, they they may not have been the ones that actually said crucify him, crucify him, but they are certainly recognizing that Christ came and suffered and died and rose again. And so they're seeing that. What must we do? And they're directed to Jesus Christ. They're not just having conviction of sin and repentance. Right. They're driven to Christ. And later on in the book, in, in Acts chapter 11, it says, when they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance mm-hmm. that leads to life. Yeah. And and then that promise that comes out, you here's the resolution, here's the resolve, the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and your children and and all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord God calls to Himself. So they are among those right now by the Spirit being called to God Himself, yeah. and they're promised the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and ongoing, this this is the continuous work of God's Word. The Word is linked to Christ. Christ is linked to the Spirit. You've got this incredible um, linkage that's not just at Pentecost. It's ongoing. Word, Spirit, Christ. Mm-hmm. 
Those always should go together. Mm-hmm. And if and in your own heart and life, you should be saying, I want to be in God's word so that I see Christ and the Spirit can work through the word. Mm-hmm. And so when you're if you're not in the word, it really hinders the ability for us to see Christ and have the Spirit work. Well, how can you see anything if you're in a dark room? Uh, the light in the, the word is called a, a light to my path um, in the scripture. If you're in a dark room, you can't see anything in the room. The word is what gives you light to see with spiritual eyes. So, like, I mean, I, I think we're going to talk about this on, on the program hopefully tomorrow. Like, what if your feelings, what, what if you don't feel these things? Well, well there, there, there is an answer for that in scripture. And we'll 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 kind of hang you over uh, for a teaser for that. Let's talk real quickly for the last minute about our upcoming conference. Super excited! It's September seventeenth and eighteenth. We've got two incredible speakers, Doctor um, Bob Godfrey and Doctor Terry Johnson. Both of them are um, going to come and speak on the theme of worship. Both of them have written extensively, talked extensively on this, and we are excited. We've because titled our conference "Be Thou My Vision," which it, points uh, to that subject of worship. Yeah. And I think this is a helpful corrective for the church, not yeah. just churches out there. All churches, yeah. um, I think, can be able to stop and pause and think again about this incredible topic. Yeah, so you can go to ReformationBoise.com. You can register there for free September 17th and 18th. Put it on your calendar. We hope to see you there. There's going to be lots of books that we're selling at cost great resources for you or your friends or your family, uh, ReformationVoice.com. We will see you next time. 